0: Sweet the leg. You have a problem with that? No sensei. Eh? Get him a body bag, Johnny! Yeah! <laughs> Sweep Delay Podcast. I'm your host with the most, Mike McMasunis. How's everybody doing this week? I am doing great. Uh, I am solo on this adventure uh, as I review the new movie that I just saw yesterday, Transformers: Dark of the Moon. And uh, this is going to be a two-part episode. And the reason why I say that is, is that uh, Andrew just told me that he saw it yesterday and uh... told me his uh... his rating on the film and uh... when i heard his rating i was like no way man are you serious and he goes yeah and i says we have got to discuss this and uh... we are gonna we're gonna be arguing because it's gonna be some good times uh... i had an absolute blast with this film um, you're gonna hear my review of that shortly uh... he on the other hand did not have such a good time and uh... it's it's gonna be interesting. So uh, tonight you're gonna to get the solo uh, Mike Mac uh, normal sweep the leg review, and then tomorrow we are gonna to get together and uh, we are going to discuss uh, his thoughts. And uh, I'm gonna basically argue uh, him, and we're gonna have just a, a real fun bickering conversation. It's gonna be good times. Um, the plan uh, originally was uh, to do uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, uh, but uh, I went on vacation. Um, I was uh, I was out for two. Two weeks. Uh, actually, the the first week, my uh, my wife got sick, um, so I so I let Andrew go ahead and uh, record because he's a big Harry Potter fan, and he just said, "Hey, how about I I just throw this episode up real quick? Uh, that way, it gives people something to listen to while you're out, because the following week I was going on vacation. So, uh, thanks Andrew for helping me out. And uh, uh, Harry Potter was actually a huge download. It was actually the number one download episode for for a while, and then uh, and then now it's like number three. So thank you, sir, for doing that. And he will complete uh, when the new one comes out. He's going to go ahead and uh, review that for you, just in case you did actually uh, uh, enjoy that review. Want to hear what he thinks on the new movie? So uh, why don't I get into some movie and music news? <laughs> Alright, so this week in movie and music news, uh, some cool things have come about. Uh, Thor 2 got the official okay, and that is going to be set for a 2013 release. I actually haven't seen the first one, heard good things, so hopefully um, when I do get a chance to see that, uh, when it comes out on DVD, I'll go ahead and review that, and um, hopefully I'll be anticipating uh, that release. Um, Other interesting stuff is um, the Wonder Woman um, NBC pilot show, uh, which never made it uh, on the air. The actress who is supposed to play Wonder Woman, um, her name is Adrienne Palecki. Not Pellecchi as in Supernatural, but Palecki. She is actually scheduled to be in G.I. Joe 2. And uh, Dwayne Johnson, also as well, uh, is officially cast in G.I. Joe 2. He is currently getting all worked up, uh, ready to go for that movie. So it's going to be interesting. Um, You know, I know a lot of people have problems with uh, G.I. Joe 1. um, And uh, hopefully with the sequel, they'll be able to kind of redeem things that didn't work so well in the first one. I actually uh, enjoyed most of it. A few issues here and there. Uh, which I can get into after, you know, whenever I review that film. But, overall, sounds kind of cool. Um, Underworld 4, uh, which uh, I'm pretty excited about because Kate Beckinsale cell is coming back. Um, that's going to be coming out in January. Um, and from what I've seen, um, her outfit looks the same except she's got kind of a coat over it. looks pretty cool. Um, and Batman, uh, obviously you guys know I'm a huge Batman fan. Uh, I am super pumped for... Uh, even though this is a video game, um, I am super pumped it's for uh, Arkham City. I think um, Batman Arkham Asylum is, that's actually my all-time favorite video game. I love that game, it's excellent. And I am stoked for the sequel um, to that video game. And 12 minutes of gameplay just came out today, and you can, uh, you know, play as Catwoman. Uh, well, actually, it's, she's kind of incorporating the story, so you'll be able to switch off between Batman and Catwoman. But uh, I saw how Robin looks. I'm not a fan of Robin. I've, I've never liked him at all, but uh, I did actually enjoy his comic uh, when he was solo. I, I liked the R. They kind of gave him a toughness. thought it was really cool. And if you pre-order the game from Best Buy, you will be able to download Robin. He's got a bald head. He's got the really cool Robin suit. Looks awesome. Go look for pictures of that. Uh, so I'm thinking about uh, pre-ordering that from Best Buy just to see how cool he is. Um, but otherwise, Dark Knight Rises seem to be going good. They're trying to keep it as low-key as possible. One thing I did actually see yesterday was the Captain America trailer. That was attached to, um, the Transformers movie. I actually haven't seen anything with Captain America, so I was pleasantly surprised when I saw, uh, Chris Evans, I was like, oh my gosh, how did he, you know, he's normally a built guy. Uh, they must have gotten like a, another guy's body and put his face on it, but shrinking it. I don't know how they did it, but it looked cool. He was just this real skinny kid, and then all of a sudden, boom, got all big and, and, Like normal. So uh, that was a pretty cool trailer. It actually does look exciting. I've never been a fan really of Captain America or the Green Lantern, Um, but I'm willing to check them out when they come out on DVD. Um, So, sounds pretty cool. Um, In regards to uh, any other exciting movie news that I've been keeping up on, I actually don't, you know, Bad Teacher. Um, Pretty cool. Uh, really funny, from what I've seen um, of the previews, and uh, saw the movie. I thought it was, I thought it was pretty good. You know, three, three and a half out of five stars. Not too bad. Uh, I am a, a fan of uh, Get Glue. Uh, that's the thing that if uh, you listen to flicks, Jason talked about, where um, you actually, if you check in, watching movies, m- music, you get stickers. And uh, I've got some bad teacher stickers, which is pretty cool. I got stickers for a lot of shows and, and music and stuff. It's been, it's been pretty cool, so I highly recommend uh, you download Get Glue. Um, in regards to music news, um, the only really cool thing, uh, well, I don't know if it's cool, but the only interesting thing I found this week was Yellow Card, if you're a fan of that band. They actually do a cover version of Katy Perry's E.T. Now, uh, E.T., I'm just going to throw that out there. Um, I had that on my Sweep Delay Podcast update episode as the intro song. I love that song. I dig it. It's like my It's like my jam song of the summer. And uh, they are remaking, well, if you watch it on Billboard.com, they do it live. And they do it with the violin, and uh, it's kind of a, a rock version. It's very weird. Not sure I like it. It's interesting, to say the least. So I would say if you're a fan of Yellow Card, you're probably going to enjoy the version of how they do it. Um, so go check it out, Billboard.com. It's on the home page. Just look for Yellow Card. Take a look at that. and Let me know what you think. Um, I know our boy Andrew on the last episode gave the wrong uh, email address. It's sweepdelaypodcast@yahoo.com. Uh, we're also I'm also on Twitter um, at uh, S as in sweep, T is in the, and L is in lake. So STL podcast uh, on Twitter. So go ahead and follow us. Uh, I got a, got a few fans. Um, also, uh, I, I would say that's probably about it in regards to movie music news this week. I'm probably going to have some more interesting stuff tomorrow when I get together with Andrew uh, that we can I can bounce some ideas off of and stuff. So for right now, uh, let's go ahead and get into uh, Transformers: Dark of the Moon. space race of the 1960s was in response to an event. My God. If you breathe a word of what you've seen here, we'll do time for treason. Everything humans know of our planet, we were told had been shared. You lied to us. You've made a grave mistake. it took over the planet. will be fine. I promise. It's over. I'm sorry, but it's over. In us, but never in yourselves. From here, the fight will be your own. Right now, before I go into my review of Transformers Three, I just wanna—I'm gonna do things a little bit differently because of the fact of this movie is unlike the other two new movies I saw this year, where I could go ahead and give you a non-spoiler review, and then you know take a break, come back, and then do the spoiler part of the film. This movie I can't really talk about too much without spoiling anything. Uh, the 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 twist and and the plot um, are are kind of crazy in this film. And uh, basically, what I'm going to do is I'm going to try to talk about the film without giving anything away. And then I'm going to play the spotlight song. And then after the spotlight song, I'm going to come back and then basically give the whole review of the film uh, because it's going to have the spoilers in there. Uh, and then um, basically close it out uh, with with a normal song like I like I normally would. So the spotlight song is going to come in early just for those people who don't want to stick around and be spoiled. Uh, for those of you who are going to stick around and listen, then you're just going to get the normal uh, sweep the leg podcast version of how you know I review the film, do spotlight, and the thing. Uh, but I do want to say that I did actually get an email. Um, I got my first uh, email since Jason, uh, since the last time I got an email. uh, That was back in the uh, top ten worst films. And uh, it's from my buddy uh, John in Philly. And uh, if you um, are a fan of Sweep Delay Podcast, um, please feel free to write in uh, at sweepdelaypodcast at yahoo.com. Um, or if you want to just leave a quick review on iTunes, that would be great. You know, there's only three reviews right now on iTunes, but um, I'd rather have three and be positive than have you know like ten and have some negative. You know, negative would be bad because obviously it drops the star rating down. I want to get as many people as possible, so uh, please feel free to write in um, and. John and me, we've become good friends, um, you know, basically just talking on Twitter and, and, through, uh, and through the Facebook page. Um, if you're not a fan of the Facebook page, just type in Sweep the Lake Podcast in the search, and you'll see uh, Sweep the Lake Podcast in there. Um, I got about 30 people that consistently uh, download the show, and I want to thank every single one of you guys. Go ahead and do that. That is so. That's so awesome. Um, and another cool thing is, uh, Geek Out Loud came back recently, and Steve Glosson actually just reviewed uh, the movie that this podcast is named after. He did the Karate Kids series. So, I thought that that was awesome. Some sent him an email and just tell him how cool it was and He actually enjoyed part three, which is so cool. um you know, I actually like part three more than most people do um It has its issues, but uh I like it a lot more than most people do, and he actually uh, talked really good things about it so if you haven't heard the newest episode of Geek Out Loud check that out because he talks about the Karate Kid and I do promise I'm going to review those films it's going to be a while though just because I, I want to make sure that I have enough episodes in my belt before I get to my all time favorite movie uh, but going into the email real quick um, it's basically about X-Men and uh, it's uh, he says there's some spoilers in here, but there really isn't. So uh, John says that hey, just saw on Facebook you were doing a review of X-Men: First Class movie. So I just wanted to send a few comments. First, my background: I used to collect comics for years, and the X-Men were the books I mostly read. So I was really looking forward to the move to this movie the most this summer. Now I take this movie as it as it, Excuse me, sorry. Uh, Now, I take this movie as not the same as the books or other movies, and it's just a very enjoyable movie. Spoilers below. Likes. Okay. So, saying that, I have to say my favorite X-Men in the film was Beast. He was done perfect in my eyes. They brought in how smart he was, and the way he transformed to the Blue Beast was awesome a, a lot, like the comics my other fave x-men was havoc from the books so i could forgive that they used him instead of his brother cyclops in the books uh... was in the first x-men class now they made changes from the books but close enough the way that uh, he had his powers and how he had trouble controlling it. I just wish he was uh, used more in the film if you're not familiar who that guy is that's uh, Taylor Swift's boyfriend in the music video you belong to me that's the guy that played havoc. He's very very cool. Also the way they showed the Professor X and Magneto's friendship was awesome. It showed Magneto wasn't a bad person but was driven to a point uh, but in another life Charles could have uh, in another life Charles could have been Eric. Also they bore the line of cheese in, in movies such as Charles saying goofy uh, saying groovy, sorry you know kind of like Austin Powers he says groovy in one scene. but it felt natural since they were in the 60s. Now my dislikes. my biggest one is small, but Banshee should have had a really strong Irish accent besides what besides that. I like his character. Yeah, I thought he was really cool too. Uh, I didn't know a lot about Banshee, uh, but I thought I thought he was pretty cool. He um, he was definitely a highlight, especially when he was with, with Havoc. Um, I really enjoy his scenes; they were pretty cool. As well, the Hellfire henchman Reptide, who created the Whirlwind, should have had some speaking lines or someone at at least say his name. Um, I had to loom up. Uh who he was on oh, I had to look up who he was on the net, yeah, they didn't really go into who you know rep riptide uh he had some pretty cool effects, but do never said anything, and they didn't actually mention his name but um overall uh John said that he gave the film uh four and a half stars. Uh, which is pretty cool. I think that was the review I gave the film. So thank you, John. I appreciate your email. Um, Hopefully I'll hear from you again, sir. Um, Now, let's go ahead and get into um, the Transformers review. Now, basically, um, Transformers 1. A lot of people dig it. Um, Of course, it has some plot holes uh, in the first one. Not as bad uh, nearly as Part 2. Now, Part 2, that was literally filming with no script. Um I just watched Shia LaBeouf on um he was on Regis and Kathy Lee. Talked about how basically they had no script, uh, and you know, they were just kinda going and writing things as they went and obviously showed versus part three, um, it had a story that they were able to go with the whole time. It was very focused. And um you know, part one, um let me just say this. I've never been a Transformers fan. I, I never watch the cartoons or the toys I never thought it was a big deal my wife was always a huge fan so when the movie came out on DVD uh, she said that uh, you have to watch this movie with me. I'm like I don't like Transformers uh, she's like just check it out and the reason why I really enjoyed the movie was Shia LaBeouf um, I'll tell you after, after I saw him he is what helped really make me enjoy the film and then Optimus Prime was like wow he's really cool bumblebee and I like how Steven Spielberg said that we're going to make this a a movie about a boy in his car now um, I do plan um, probably with Andrew uh, I'm going to re. Going backwards, basically. I'm going to review Transformers 1 and Transformers 2. I originally, last week, I wanted to do like a Transformers 1, Transformers 2, and then do Transformers Dark of the Moon. But this movie, I had to get out and talk about right away. And then I figured I can release the other two later. But um, number one, I really, really enjoyed. Um, but it was just... Some things were just kind of, you know... Um, I'll basically go into that uh, when I talk about that in, in itself. But overall, number one, really, really good movie. Number two, um, a lot of people hate this movie, um, and, and for good reason. I mean, it had, uh, it had a lot of uh, ball jokes, testicle jokes, um, a lot of people on the screen all at once, too much comedic relief, a lot of dogs humping. Um, the story was all over the place. Um, I I do enjoy the film a lot more than other people, but it was a disappointment. Um, and part one was definitely superior over part two. Now we get to part three. Now, part three promised that it was going to be uh, better. And uh, most people are like, well, yeah, of course it's going to be better. But, you know, I, I thought part two, you know, I, I really could sit down, enjoy it, as long as I wasn't thinking about it too much. But part three, I really was... I was really expecting it to be to be really good. I expected it to be better than two, but I did not. I did not expect it to be good as, as one, if not better. And uh, I walked out halfway through the film. Um, and and I know this is when a movie is good is if halfway through the film I could say, from point A to point B, this movie is by far the best in the series. And I hadn't even finished the film yet by the time I finished the film I walked out and said yep no doubt about it that movie just kicked part one's butt um, I, I have a lot of reasons why I really enjoy this film and tomorrow I'm going to talk to uh, talk with Andrew and he's basically going to have the skeptic's point of view of uh, his issues with the film and uh, it's going to be interesting he has some issues with certain characters with the plot uh, I don't know too much about what he's going to say but here's what I basically have to say about the film um Basically, if you don't know from the previews, uh, it starts back in 1961. And the really cool thing is is that they basically give you a reason of why we went to the moon. And uh, they use JFK footage, kind of like they did in X-Men. Um, and they try to basically show you this is what happened. Um, there was uh, basically a Cybertron ship known as the Ark. Basically, what crashes on the moon, and within the arc is Sentinel Prime. He's actually, um, if you want to say, he's the he's the leader of the Autobots. Optimus Prime basically took his place um, when Sentinel Prime uh, was no longer there. Um, and within the ship is what's called pillars, and it was a technology that basically could save Cybertron. And uh, it basically crash-landed on Earth, landed on the moon. That's the whole reason why NASA built um, the whole space program to begin with. So we get to, you know, without going too much into it, that's kind of how the movie opens up. We get to the moon, and that's when we find the ship. And really, really cool scene. I really like the footage. I like how they... Um, it actually went a little bit better than it did with X Men's um, using real footage, trying to incorporate the story. Now, uh, present day wise, um, Sam Shia LaBeouf. uh... Let me just say, when you first see him, he seems bigger, but he's not. It's just his face is much more mature. I mean, he's been doing these movies for a while. And I gotta say, man, I've always thought he was excellent as Sam, but man, he really knocks it out of the park in this game. Okay, so Sam, basically, um, if you can tell from the previews, uh, Megan Fox is not in this film. Now, um, I will go into why she's not in the film and where this girl comes from, um, because I'm sure some people might want to find that out for themselves, so I'll do that uh, in the second part of the review. But basically, as you know, this girl, her name is Carly Spencer. Um, She is played by uh, a Victoria's Secret model. Her name is Rosie uh, Whitley. Um I originally had problems with her, you know, when when I saw in the previews I thought she was not very good looking, um especially the way that they shot her, but when you watch the film she's kind of a resemblance between the Australian hacker in the first one and the girl transformer, uh the evil Decepticon in uh in part 2. Kind of put them together and that's kind of what she looks like. I I, I, thir- I actually enjoyed her in this film. Um, her and uh, and Sam uh, they have they have really good chemistry. Their story is really good. I'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, overall, I thought she was a very good replacement. I mean, Megan Fox is kind of just just wooden, basically. Not very good actress. Um, you know, you could tell she was definitely hired for her looks. But overall, I thought that Rosie did a really good job. Now, Sam is trying to find a job because he has graduated from college, uh, doesn't have anything official because he can no longer work with the Autobots because the Autobots are you know working extru- exclusively with the government. He does live with Carly. Um, she's pretty rich. She has a boss who is basically a Playboy accountant. His name is Dylan. It's played by Patrick Dempsey, which I'll go into my thoughts about his character uh, in the second segment. But um, one really cool, fun thing in this film is uh, John Turturro is back. Which, if you remember, he's Agent Simmons, you know, Sector Seven in the first two films. What's really good is now um, the comedy has really taken a back seat in this film. Unlike part two where we had a lot of gross out humor, we had too many basically people in the pot, uh, too many people at once on the you know, screen trying to get camera time, whatever you want to call it. Uh, the comedy was just way over the top and usually Agent Simmons is there for comedy relief. He maybe has maybe one or two funny parts of the film but overall he's very serious kind of like he was in the first one but maybe even a little bit more. Because of how crazy things are going to become in this film, and it was a really nice touch. To I actually enjoyed watching him. I was never a fan of Agent Simmons, but in this film, I was really, really rooting for him. I thought uh, I thought he was really cool. I thought he did a good job. His character had some had some good character development, um, which I'll go into in a little bit. Uh, but let's talk about. Um, some more story here without giving too much away. Which I might say has been pretty difficult for me to talk about without giving so much away because as I told you the story gets pretty crazy. The bottom line is, is that Optimus Prime finds out that we knew about the Ark that crashed on the moon. He gets pissed off and confronts the military about it. And that's when, you know, we tell him that we basically just found out about it. And that there's only a certain amount of people that knew about this mission in the beginning of the film. Well, the Decepticons are basically killing all of these dudes that were part of the mission. And that's why Sam eventually has to go to Agent Simmons... To find out what's up with the dark side of the moon. Now, I can't tell you how Sam finds out about the dark side of the moon. Um, that would be in the spoiler section. But bottom line, um, Sam finds out about it. Got to get Agent Simmons. That's how Agent Simmons comes back into the film. And um, much of the comic relief, uh, you get a little bit here and there. The parents come in. Um, you know, luckily they're not in it long enough, like they were in part two. To they're kind of balanced out. They're in it enough to do what they need to do, um, to say the serious parts when they need to say the serious parts, to say the funny stuff when they need to say, when they need to say the funny stuff. Um, and crap happens, and the Decepticons basically are whooping the Autobots' rear end. How that happens, I can't tell you. Until, obviously, the spoiler section. But the, the Decepticons, at this point, they are the rulers of the Earth. Um, let's just say, as you all know, I'm from Chicago. And uh, the, last, the last hour and a half is a climax. This movie is two and a half hours long. It feels like 45 minutes. But the last hour and a half takes place in Chicago. And it's like the big climax of the film. And I'll tell you, seeing all my favorite skyscrapers and buildings that I had been in just destroyed, uh, which obviously you know this from the trailer, was amazing. Um, there's a bridge that I've crossed hundreds of times. That uh, There's a fight that happens towards the end of the film that takes place on that bridge. It was really, really cool seeing all that stuff. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was I thought it was excellent scene and it's nice for once I know this is a bad thing to say but usually New York is this is the state that or New York City is usually the city that's always destroyed in the movies or Los Angeles for once it's Chicago Chicago never gets to be destroyed and this movie, man, I'll tell you. Batman uses it for good. This movie uses it to basically blow everything up. Now, you're probably wondering about well, you all you, you know, you're talking about the action, the blowing up and all that stuff. Look, this movie takes story first, action second which is something Michael Bay learned I think Steven Spielberg basically took a foot up his rear end and told him you need to get your crap together and you need to focus on the story as Shia LaBeouf said the second movie didn't have a script it was being written as they were going this time they knew exactly what they were supposed to be doing and the story stays focused which is basically this is what happens on the moon this is what we need from the spaceship this particular item on the spaceship is going to do this to Earth, and we need to stop it. And if we don't, no more Earth, kind of thing. I mean, the, the story is pretty simple enough um, that even a kid could follow. And it's not the story doesn't get all jumbled and crazy, um, but I'll tell you when the action does come in, it's unbelievable. I did not see this in 3D. Um, I did hear that uh, the 3D is excellent, it's better than the 3D that happened in Avatar, um, but then I've heard other people say that there's really no difference between the 2D and 3D, you really don't need to see it. Um, the only thing I say is just seeing it in the theater because if you wait till DVD and Blu-ray, it's not going to be the same experience. I mean, you got to hear the sounds, uh, the, the music. And I'll tell you, the music in this film is great. Uh, Linkin Park normally does the soundtrack to all of the Transformers films, which by the way, the soundtrack is killer. I'm going to talk about that in a little bit, but uh, Linkin Park's song, uh, which was actually from um, their album, their current album, A Thousand Suns. Um, Was already on the album, so it's not like they made the song for Transformers. Whereas before, the other two times they did. This time, Transformers just said, "Hey, this song rocks. It it works with our tone. Let's use this." Which it's a really, um, you know, I played it in the movie and music news section. But it's really, really, um, the the tone is really good. It's got a kind of a slow, mellow song, um, kind of haunting, so to speak, like an Evanescence type song. Uh, really excellent soundtrack. Um, another really cool thing on the soundtrack is um, uh, Paramore. Um, they do a song called Monster, which you know my favorite song for Monster is from Skillet. Um, totally different types of songs, but really good messages. Um, and as I said, Skillet is actually on the soundtrack, Awaken Alive. So uh, if you haven't heard that song, which I've played it on the show before, but uh, this the soundtrack overall really good. The music fits where it did. They actually played some Aerosmith, some um, "Come Over," you know, "Come Together." Uh, they played that when Sam's trying to look for jobs. The music fit perfectly. I thought Michael Bay did a really good job. The score is excellent. I love the this you know the score that they play in the, in the trailer. Um, it's really dark and haunting. Oh man, it's excellent. I, I really enjoyed the score in this film. Um, so overall, I can't really go too much into the story because, like I said, there's a lot of plot twists and stuff. But um, overall, um, I was very, very – when I walked out of the theater, I was very happy. I thought for sure it was better than number two, but wow, it just kicked part one's rear end. And the reason why it kicks part one's rear end is uh, a couple things. One, um, the plot holes, um, I haven't uh, really found any. Uh, I'll be interested to hear Andrew's point of view. What he thinks the plot holes are. Um, unlike the first two, um, there was there was quite a bit. In this one, I thought that it was pretty pretty simple, and uh, the story wasn't all over the place. It was just one focus, and I thought that they did a really good job of keeping that focus. Um, number two, the uh, characters. Um, Sam is excellent. Uh, He's really grown since the first time you saw him. He's definitely become a man. He's very, um, at times he's insecure, but at the same time he's very confident in himself. Uh, He's he's really grown as a character. Um, and the best part of all is Francis McDermott is basically the big, the big guru type of, you know. She is the U.S. National Intelligence Director. She plays Charlotte. And Sam has no respect for her. She's basically, you know, as you hear in the trailer, you know, if you do any, you know, you'll be sent for treason if you speak a word. He goes, you know what, I take my orders from the Autobots. I don't need to listen to you. I mean, he's got this really cool, um dialogue going on with the, uh, with the U.S. government, which is hilarious, um, which I'm sure me and Andrew are, are going to be discussing that because he had some problems with that. Uh, number two, or uh, not number two, but another thing, um, Optimus Prime. Optimus Prime he had good screen time in the first one, part two he's in it for like twenty five minutes. We get him in the beginning. he does his fight, he dies, he's not in it for the next hour and forty five minutes comes back in the last fifty. I don't know. I was just upset. Optimus Prime, you know they said, oh, you're gonna get more screen time in part two and he and he didn't uh and this one perfect amount of screen time. Uh, it was it was great. I was completely satisfied. Bumblebee, you know, Optimus Prime and Bumblebee are, are the majority of people's favorites, and both of them got the perfect amount of screen time. And uh, my favorite favorite scene in the whole entire movie um, is and you've seen it in the trailer is when um, there's you know they're on the highway and you see the red uh, Autobot attach its chains. To the to the Decepticon that's chasing after Bumblebee on the highway, and um, all of a sudden, you see Sam up in the air, you know, screaming. It's in slow motion. Um, what happens next? I can't I can't tell you because it's too amazing. But let's just put it this way: it's simple, and it works. What happens when Sam is in the air? What Bumblebee does? uh it it was it was sick that's all i can say it was amazing with all the crap going on and all of the fights that one scene was just like wow it was just amazing now violence wise we're talking mucho grande violence we're talking decepticons blowing people away i mean there's like 20 humans at a time being shot and then body parts going everywhere. It's ridiculous. Um, definitely, if you're going to take your kids, um, forewarn them. Um, there's, uh, Yeah, the violence is crazy. I mean, it's called Dark of the Moon. Um, it's very dark. Uh, it's very emotional. That's another thing I want to talk about. Emotionally, I was very invested in this film. Part one I was, yeah, I, I was definitely invested in it, but this one I was really, really invested in in the characters, mostly Sam, Bumblebee, and Optimus Prime. Um, you know, those three, emotional wise man, you are with them and it's just oh it's, it's a roller coaster of, uh, of emotions which goes on, which I'm going to get into in a little bit. But uh, emotional wise, I was more invested in this film than I was in the other two. Which is one big thing. If a movie can really bring me in emotionally, where I'm really caring about the characters a lot, uh, that's when my ratings change for a film. And uh, like I said, halfway through the film, I was like, hands down, this is better than the first. Um, The action, obviously, of course, is way better than both of the movies combined. Um, The Chicago scene was crazy. And most of all, the movie ends it it ends just the way that a trilogy should it ends and how it's going to end you'll find out for yourself but there's definitely not going to be a part 4 i'll put that out there so i in my non spoiler review i say guys if you don't want to hear any more run out check it out you should definitely enjoy it this isn't one of those movies where you have to leave your brain at the door i think you can seriously enjoy yourself and have a good time because of the fact of the story is there this time the emotion is there the jokes have wind down there's some jokes in there but not nearly as bad as part two and even less than part one i thought it was i thought it was really really good there was only one scene in particular that i thought was way out of line um that i'm going to go into in a little bit but overall i give the movie four and a half stars um i've i've basically reviewed over 560 movies recently on uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, So if you want to see all the movies I've checked out recently, um, you know, look me up there. Uh, Very few movies, I give five. A lot, you know, movies, a lot of, you know, movies I would give four, you know, three, four. I have a lot of one star, two star, but four and a half, man, is, is really, really stinking good. And uh, I I loved I loved the film I thought it was I thought it was excellent it, it actually met my expectations and beyond uh, why it's not five stars I'll go into that in a little bit but overall four and a half stars hands down the best Transformers perfect way to end this series I thought it was I thought it was excellent so uh, I'm gonna go ahead and play the Spotlight song for you. Um, it's going to be a little bit different. Now, um, this is coming from the Transformers Dark of the Moon soundtrack. Now, um, part of the album-only tracks are um, Theory of a Dead Man, Head, o- Head Above Water. Um, we got Skillet on there. Um, that's an album-only. We have Stone Sour on there as a, as a album-only. Um, and then we have Stained on there, the bottom. That's a uh, album-only. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and play you... Um, I'm gonna play you Awaken Alive" just because you know I'm biased and Skill—it's my second favorite band, but uh, for good reason. Okay, number one, the song rocks. Number two, it's on the radio like crazy. Uh, I heard it like twice in the same hour on my on my rock radio station. I was like, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe they're playing it twice." Uh, number three, uh, I just posted a music video of this song. Uh, there someone took a Transformers one and two combine all their scenes and put it to this song so go to my facebook page check out the music video the official music video is on the skillet uh, website but the number one and two to this song Flipping rocks. So, this is not the rock radio mix version because I don't want to get in trouble for playing an album only version, but this is the live version. Now, Skillet is an excellent band live. Now, to me, a band can, anybody can sound good in the studio. The question is, do you sound good live? If you can pull off live, to me, you're a good band. And Skillet is definitely a live band. I've seen them a a lot of times, and they're always excellent live. And this song is Awaken Alive, but it's the iTunes session version where they performed it in, obviously, the session of iTunes and then um, uploaded it on iTunes. So this is the album. This is the music spotlight, so stick around. And when I come back, I will go ahead and get into the... Spoiler version of Transformers Dark of the Moon. All right, thanks so much for uh, joining me for the spoiler section of Transformers 3. Uh, so now's your chance to turn back if you don't want to hear any spoilers of the film. Otherwise, um, I'm going to go ahead and get into this. Now, uh, some of the things that were crazy plot twists is, number one, Sentinel Prime is a flipping bad guy. All right, um... Originally, you're thinking, okay, uh, he is, uh, you know, he's going to be the new leader in command, so to speak. Because essentially, the Ark, uh, which was carrying, as I said, you know, earlier, that uh, it, the Pillars are technology that could save Cybertron. And when it crashes the Earth, basically Sentinel Prime puts himself into kind of a sleep mode type of thing. And he doesn't actually awaken until Optimus Prime finds him and brings him back to Earth, and um, he uses the Matrix, the thing that brought back Optimus Prime in the second one, to basically wake him back up. And uh, you know, you get a pretty good relationship between Optimus and Sentinel, where it's basically the teacher um, is now the student, where Optimus is like, you know, um, you know they. The relationship is pretty pretty cool because Sentinel's like you know you are now the teacher because this is you know your planet you're used to it thanks for bringing me back you know bringing me back everything is pretty cool. Um, then you find out that the Decepticons are killing all of the guys that are that were originally part of the Moon Project, and um, each one is being out is taken out one by one. Uh, there's one guy left who is basically working with Sam, which you know he basically was comic relief. He's the he's the Chinese guy from um, like the Harold and Kumar movies. Um, he was like a doctor in one of them. Uh, real real funny, hilarious guy. I really I really enjoy this actor. Um, and the good thing is is that the the humor was not over the top. Uh, he basically tells Sam, I know who you are. Um, I have information that is about the dark side of the moon that I was a part of. You need to get to the Autobots and stop them, stop the Decepticons. And that's why Sam calls Agent Simmons because he needs information on basically what the deal is with the dark side of the moon. And crazy things start to happen and uh, that's when Techno Prime uh when they realize that Sentinel Prime is the way to activate the pillars that the Decepticons are gonna go after Mr Sentinel Prime. Well it's a trap because if you see in the previews the red Autobot that's attached itself to the Decepticon and you get the cool scene with Sam up in the air what's so awesome is is that bumblebee catches him transforms into a car while putting sam inside of him oh my god it was so sick it was awesome i and loved it and when you get back to the base sentinel prime basically kills ironhide man i was so pissed when this happened i was like i can't believe it that's like the first time emotionally you're like i can't believe this that uh you know I mean, it's the third movie, stakes are higher, but just the way it happened, like out of nowhere, you find out he's a bad guy, and that he's betraying the Autobots to work with the Decepticons, kills Ironhide. Uh, my problem with this part is that after you're you're kind of you know the whole point is to be sad, you immediately go to where the parents are there to, as comedy relief. I was like, this is bad timing. You should have put another scene in right after this part. To kind of ease us into wanting to laugh again, because if you're, you know, if you really love this character, especially if you're a kid, you definitely would have cried when Ironhide get killed, and then to go to a scene where the parents are making jokes did not work for me. That's one of my big things why why I dropped it down. But uh, but after after that, I was just like, okay, you know, it's fine. I'll just roll with it. Um, but Patrick Dempsey, you know, you find out he's basically working with the Decepticons to be the hu- the only human left. That's kind of like um, I don't know if you want to say like a buddy buddy to this Decepticons, so that way when Cybertron comes, he won't get killed. He won't be a slave, basically, because that's what they want to do. They want to make the they want to make people slaves, and uh, yeah, that's not something that we want to do. So here's where things get crazy. Now, the Autobots are forced to leave our planet because after what Sentinel Prime does where he basically destroys um, he space, he destroys the military base and he, um, he uses the pillars to establish a space bridge to the moon where he brings hundreds of Decepticons into planet Earth. And that's when they start destroying crap, man. They start blowing stuff up and uh, basically Sam is forced uh, by Dylan um who's basically that's you know at that point you find out he's a Decepticon agent of Earth and he's forcing Sam to work for him because he's kidnapped Carly and basically tells him that if he wants Carly to live he's gonna find out Optimus Prime's plans for retaliation and uh, he has to you know, tell Optimus Prime that no one is ever going to know. I'll be the only human. And the way that he does this is by attaching a Decepticon watch onto Sam's wrist, which is attached to his nervous system so they basically can always see. And if he doesn't do it or gives a hint to Optimus Prime, Sam's going to be targeted and they're going to kill his girlfriend. So when the Autobots are about ready to leave the planet, uh, Optimus Prime says there's no plans for retaliation They leave, and that's when the Decepticons come and destroy the Autobot rocket to take control of Earth. That's when Crab really hits the fan. Autobots are dead, and uh, now nothing can stop the Decepticons. And this is when we get to Chicago, because Dylan has taken Carly to um, one of the skyscrapers uh, in Chicago. And this is when the Decepticons are going to plant all the pillars around the earth and they're going to activate it in Chicago and long story short you find out that of course the Autobots they didn't die uh, that they had a a plan and uh, at this point the Autobots can now prove that they don't need to leave earth that uh, we do need the Autobots to protect them from the Decepticons and uh, now it's time to go whoop their rear end and uh, the next hour and a half is basically carnage uh, it's people all kids adults getting blown up uh, buildings collapsing some of the greatest special effects you'll probably ever see um, it's excellent the one of probably the best hour and a half experience you're gonna have man it was it was flipping amazing and uh, basically the movie ends where um, Optimus prime um, he kills Megatron and um, and then he kills Sentinel prime uh Optimus Prime only has one arm uh but uh and of course Ironhide High would have fixed that, so if there was a number four, Optimus Prime wouldn't have an arm uh which would suck but uh at least uh at least Optimus Prime lived, but the scene that i am, I almost died in is uh Is they're gonna execute Bumblebee and you see Sam start crying? Man, I like flipping lost in the theater. I was like, I I like, I was about ready to cry because I'm like, please don't kill Bumblebee. I was like, I was so, I was so into that scene, man. I'll tell you. And uh, of course, Bumblebee, you know, makes it out. But overall, man, it was, uh, it was excellent. I, I highly recommend it. Loved every second. I'm really interested to see what Andrew has to say when we get together tomorrow to talk. Um, I'm ready to uh, to basically take his points and agree, disagree. You know, because I know if you're not really a fan, you're gonna have issues. And then if you come from another perspective, sometimes those plot holes will then be filled by the other person, or it just remains plot hole. So I'm excited to see how tomorrow's conversation goes. But otherwise, guys, that is uh, that's my review. Of Transformers: Dark of the Moon. Um, I highly recommend it, excellent film, it was my favorite movie of the year hands down, no doubt about it. So, for the, uh, for the final um, spotlight song of the week, uh, I'm picking uh, another great band, it's called Flyleaf, uh, if you never heard of this band. Uh, really good indie band, got pretty famous a couple years ago. Uh, they have a song which is one of my all time favorite songs from them, it's called Breathe Today. Um, and it's got Lacey, um, you probably, when you hear her voice, you recognize her. They've done the song, uh, I'm So Sick, uh, which they played that in uh, Die Hard 4, that music video. Uh, they've done the song Cassie, uh, if you've heard that song before. So excellent band, excellent song. So you guys take care. Uh, enjoy the song. Um, and I will uh, I will talk to you guys soon when uh, I come back with Andrew to discuss his uh, version of um, Transformers uh, Dark of the Moon. Uh, otherwise, if we can't get together, if something happens, I'm going to come back with uh, probably my review of Transformers 1 and Transformers 2, and then eventually coming back with Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Uh, we're going to talk about that, and, and that's going to be a good time there. So you guys take care, and this is Masunasa. You can only move as fast as who's in front of you. And if you assume, just like them, what good will it do? So find out for yourself, Say so your ignorance will stop bleeding through. Yeah! Forces me to believe in this, and I've learned to see. And I can only say what I've seen and heard, and tell me you can choose. And every choice you make will affect you, search your own self.